Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor, thriving with stage four disease, and author of the book that shares the same name as this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me. Success stories of people that have been through hard times and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including the one with Camille Hammond, who talks about her non-traditional route to motherhood. Or if you're looking for more episodes about professional life like this one, check out episode 28 with Valerie Gordon, who shares tips for those that are uninspired or unemployed. Or episode three with Katie Smith, Olympian and WNBA star, who talks about career transitions. I hope you like this episode, and if you do, please do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed and help us inspire many more people. Or if you love social media, please take a screenshot while you're listening and tag us at Pretty Wellness. And now for this episode, I'm excited to introduce you to Samantha Ramsdell, professional singer, comedian, and TikTok sensation who has trained with some of the best comedy clubs in the country. Creating music and comedy is her passion, but by day, she's actually a corporate sales exec. I am excited for her to share her story about the hardship and blessings of making a career change. So please grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to Sam Ramsdell, who is TikTok famous for her witty comedy bites and singing sensations. So she's obviously a singer and a comedian. She's got theatrical experiences in numerous off-Broadway and regional showcases. She's also trained with some of the best comedy clubs in New York City, including UCB and Groundlings. Now, this past year, New York Weekly named her top five new internet comedians to follow in 2020 and rising new artist in 2020. Now, I followed her for a while because she is so funny and frankly, full of joy. I love to watch her stuff in her mouth two donuts, even though I'm a healthy living nut over here, it still makes me laugh or even the world's greatest sandwiches. And I think that I had this moment where I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to follow this girl even more because I knew that she lived only a few towns away from me. Now, let me tell you one of my favorite parts of watching her social media accounts is hearing her sing. She has this absolutely gorgeous voice. And honestly, she really sings what's on her mind. Now, while creating music and comedy is her love, by day, she's actually a corporate sales exec. Now, she never thought as a kid that she could make a career out of her, let's call it, hobbies and talents. So frankly, she went a safer route. Though in recent years, she has learned to approach her career differently. And I am super excited for her to share her story about the hardship and the blessings of making a career change. 
Thank you so much, Sam, for being here. I am so excited to meet you. What an introduction. (laughs) I was like, wow, this this is nice. Thank you for all those nice words. Well, you're welcome. And I'll I'll tell you, all I said is true. You are this TikTok sensation, Instagram sensation, like clearly the internet and some obviously traditional publications are really seeing the success in you. I just, you just come off as being so real that it's, it's really hard not to like you. You're just so likable. Well, I try, you know, especially in the day and age that we live right now where everyone is so isolated, you know, and feels so alone. It's like, you know, what kind of comedy do I want to bring into the world right now? And, you know, if if when I'm alone, like, I just want to feel like I'm connected with someone and feel that realness. So I try and make that come through in my social media and in my comedy. Well, you're just a natural. And I, and and the funny thing is, is I don't even know as I sit here as a, a former marketing person or maybe still a marketing person, you look at like, who's your audience? My son, who's 12 years old, we were watching some of, uh, some of I'd say TikTok, but for me, it's more Instagram. For them, you know, it's maybe more TikTok. And, and he was like laughing hysterically. So I think you're pretty universal and you've, you just being you is such, um, you know, brings such joy. So I, I want to say thank you for that. Of course. Thank you. That is so sweet. I appreciate it. Well, and that's what this podcast is all about. Happiness through hardship. We all have been through various hardships in the journey of life, especially this year. And so as I've been following you, I thought to myself, I really want you to tell the listeners your story because where you are today, I'll say on screen, is different than where you started out with your career. So can you tell the listeners a bit about your story? Totally. Well, to not keep you guys here for 20 hours, I mean, the short, the cliff notes. Um, So, you know, long story short, I was from a small town in Maine, born and raised. And like many people in the world, you know, I grew up in a society with my parents that always told me that, you know, to be successful in this world, you got to have a good corporate job and you got to work that nine to five. So even though, you know, my entire life growing up, you know, I, all, all I want to do is perform. Like I sang, I danced, I, you know, was in, you know, whatever theater productions that I could be in Maine. Um, my, my dream actually was to be on Broadway. I'd always wanted to be on Broadway. Um, and my dream was to live in New York city. So, um, you know, it wasn't until, you know, I really had that dream all growing up until I was 17 and my parents were like, all right, like, hate to tell you, but, you know, the gig's kind of up, you know, it's like, you got to kind of make a decision. You, the singing and this performing thing isn't a real career. Like this is, it's fun and you could do it on the side, but you're never going to make money doing it. So, you know, you, you know, unfortunately it was kind of in that spot where they're like, you know, and for us to really support you and your next steps, like we really need you to go to college and get a quote unquote real job. So, you know, here I am a junior in in high school and I pretty much quit everything cold turkey. I mean, at that point I'm like, well, you know, I can't even do it on the side without being so sad. Like I felt like it was too sad to do it because I wanted to to do it more, you know, like it was like that, you know, I was like, well, if I'm not going to do it, then then I quit. Like apparently I stink and you know, whatever I quit. Um, And from there on, I mean, I went to college, I went and got a business degree and right out of college, I got a corporate job in sales. Um, and I got that job because my mom and because my, you know, again, they were like, ah, oh, do sales. You know, it was always like, 
again, the more money you have, the more success you'll be, you know, it's like, that was the goal is make a lot of money and be, you know, be successful in the corporate world. Um, and it wasn't until I was like 28, which was like three years ago, um, 50 pounds overweight, you know, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. I was on like seven different, you know, prescription medications for anxiety, depression, and sleeping and having all these health issues. And And because of the, the, the intensity and the pace of the corporate career. Yes. I was so stressed out. You know, I was on the road. I had this huge territory. I was like one of the top sales reps of this company and I would work, I mean, I wake up in so many ways, right. But in other ways. Oh, well, totally. You know, I think it was a combination of all the, you know, between doing this job that I really didn't like, you know, it was like, I was doing it because yeah, I was, you know, it was good money and whatever, but I was miserable. You know, I was totally miserable. I was, you know, again, I wasn't sleeping. I, you know, was like drowning, you know, my stress, anxiety in every way that I could. And I, but, but it was the weirdest thing. Cause on the outside, you know, my parents are like, Oh, she's doing great. You know, she has this Mm -hmm. great job and she's doing so well at her job because that again, to them was success. Like, you know, so on the outside, they're like, my, I'm so, you know, that was like the proudest my parents had been because I was literally killing myself working, you know, 16 hour days. And, but I was making, you know, good money. So that means I was doing great. Even though on the inside I was just dying, you know, I was, miserable. I was going to the doctors, you know, every other week because I was having new health ailments. And, you know, again, it was just one thing on top of the other. Um, And it really wasn't until I was like 28 and I was doing, you know, great financially. And I really had to have like almost like, you know, a come to Jesus moment where it was like, what is going on? You know, it's like, I have this job. I have my house. I have my dog. You know, I did everything else my parents told me to do. And uh-huh. depressed, like what gives? So very long story short, after going through kind of like, you know, working with an energy healer, going to therapy, kind of making this huge commitment to myself that I was like, all right, I'm 28. Like, I don't have to do what my parents tell me to do anymore. You know, like it's not, I don't live in my parents' house anymore. I should be able to do what makes me happy and go back to things that made me so carefree and, you know, made me have you know, didn't, you know, I didn't have this much anxiety and depression. And that was when I was singing and when I was performing. But of course, I'm like, okay, I'm 28. You know, and at this point, too, I moved to Stanford, Connecticut, funny enough, for a job, for an outside sales job. And so I was living in Stanford, Connecticut, and I'm 28. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, if I want to do this journey on trying to do things that make me more happy, um, you know, if I'm going to start singing again, like, I guess the first thing would do singing, you know, would be to take singing lessons. So, I literally Googled singing lessons and there's this little place like hole in the wall in Stanford where like, I think I was the oldest person there. (laughs) Like everyone else is like seven, you know, in middle school, like learning to sing. And here I am. And I'm like, um, I want to take singing lessons. And this like college kid started giving me singing lessons. And as soon as I started, I mean, it was like, you know, this, new side of me came out like all of a sudden it was like oh my god like this is what I've been missing like this is it you know I couldn't stop like from that day on when I wasn't at work I just wanted to sing you know I was like it finally like gave me the chance it's like 
you know, it's now or never, you know, like it's like you, you only it kind of had this, I had a friend that had passed and I was like, you know, if this is the only chance I'm going to get to do what I love. I'm going to do it. And kind of the rest is history. Then, you know, it turned into open mics, joining a band, then getting into comedy, then, you know, then here we are three years later. And it was like, oh my God. Well, wild to think that it's only been three years because to see you, well, let's call it perform is amazing as, and maybe it's because you're meant to do it. And it was something that really comes from your heart. Yeah. Now, can you share with us, okay, you've have this aha moment. You got to go back to trying to tap into what you loved and what you loved is performing. Yeah. Now, how do you go from the, you know, you spent so much time in your career and you knew the recipe for success was basically, it sounds like being a workaholic. Yeah. And I, I think there's a struggle for a lot of people when you're so focused on being a workaholic, how do you let other things in your life? Well, you know, the easy thing for me, because a lot of people ask me that, they're like, how do you, you know, because even before COVID, like I would work all day and then I would take the train into New York City and I would go there till midnight, one in the morning, get up and go to work at 6am. And wow. they're like, you're insane. Like, what are you? Yeah, right. I was like, because this is what makes me happy. You know, it's like, this is what I want to do when I'm going to sit and watch Netflix. You know, I was like, no, it doesn't feel like work for me. Like making videos and doing comedy and singing, that's not work. That's my stress relief. That's what makes me happy. So I don't feel like it's work at all. You know, it's, it's not like that when it, when it comes to singing and performing. Now, in terms of you had said that you had hit kind of rock bottom, maybe those are my words, not yours, and that you felt really depressed, even though you were so successful on paper, how did you then, was this happening all at once? You made these healthy lifestyle changes when you tapped into singing. Can you talk a little bit about, I guess, the pro- your process? Because most of us, it's hard to do the cold turkey, but what worked for you? Yeah. Well... I think, you know, and again, you know, this is going to sound probably very meta and I don't know how meta you get in this group or new age to a degree, but, you know, I went and, you know, I I kind of just started going on this journey of like, all right, I'm going to figure out what's wrong with me and start doing more things that I love and figure out how to do that best. So all of a sudden at once, you know, and this is also kind of my Saturn return. Again, if you're into, you know, the uh-huh. spiritual area that your Saturn return on 28, you start to have like these ideas where it's like, what is going, what am I doing? You know? And it also, you know, I was starting to get close to 30 and I'm like, holy crap, I'm 28. And this is what my life is. You know, like all of a sudden my life just passed me by in the blink of an eye doing things that I hated, you know, or not hated, but just made me miserable. Like I just spent, you know, this much of my life, for what, you know? So I think I was having this huge life realization. I started going to therapy again. I went to an energy healer. Um, I started getting into meditation. Like I literally Googled, like, how do I become happy? And I did like every single thing that told me that Google said, you know, it was like meditate, you know, okay, go to therapy. Okay. You know, exercise. Okay. Eat healthy. Like I was just like, I'm going to do everything I need to do. And, you know, it's like, I don't know what, if it was like a comp, I mean, at that point, it it really, it was like, I I was sick of being sick all the time. You know, I was like sick of being, you know, 
sick and tired of being tired. You know, it was like I had to do something and it kind of all almost came at once, funny enough. And I don't know how to explain it, but it was like I woke up and I was like, what am I doing? And I just went on this journey to figuring it out and just made a commitment that it's like, you know, again, I was like, I think it was hitting 28 and just being like, what the heck is going on? And made a commitment that I was going to figure it out and not waste one more minute being miserable. Well, honestly, I think that your story, a lot of people share so many of the side sentiments of what you're talking about. And I will say whether you're 28, 38, 48, there are so many people that have these moments like, all right, something's different now. Now, my story is vastly different than yours, but I look at, I was a workaholic. Uh, For those who've been following me at Pretty Wellness or listening to this podcast, you know I was really proud of my career to work in sports and entertainment and media. I felt like that's what I had to do. And by the way, I thought I was taking care of myself because I drank diet, Dr. Pepper, and Mm -hmm. ate, ate lays, right? And I I didn't realize that I even felt so cruddy until I, and I did go cold turkey because for for those that are new to me, when I found out not my first cancer diagnosis, but my second Mm -hmm. cancer diagnosis. And so I had this aha moment, yes, because of this hardship, but it was around my 40th birthday. Mm -hmm. And I think having these milestones in life, whatever that might be. So if somebody's listening now and they're coming upon 50 or coming upon 55, I think, in some ways, it doesn't matter what age it is. It's just getting to that moment where it's like, okay, something needs to change and we can't look for outside forces. We have to do it ourselves. And your story is really proof of that, is that you have this can-do attitude that you are going to try different things. And like, hey, meditation works for a lot of people, but not everyone. Right. And so I think for me, I, I felt like I had to try something and do it. I used to do hot yoga and I'd bring my, like bring my cell phone in in case I missed a call from work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like seriously, Karen, like I love to tell that story because I love to make fun of myself mm. and that like, I'd be watching the person in front of me and seeing if my kick could go a little bit higher because that meant, you know, the old dancing days, like haven't, I'm not lost on them. Totally. And, but when I finally opened up to really just like look inside and be like, okay, they're telling me to breathe. Let me focus on me and breathe is when I then saw the healthy changes. It's looking inside, not really looking outside. Yeah. Well, and I talk about that a lot. And I think that's probably one of the best things I've ever learned how to do. And, you know, and I think it came from doing a lot of things over the last couple of years on this, you know, this journey to happiness, but, um, was listening to myself. And I, you know, I felt like I tried to always get validated by other people, do what my parents says, what society says, what this high school guidance counselor told me to do. And it was like, until I really was like, but what do I want to do? You know, I was like, what is my inner voice telling me to do? And I do that. Like I listen to my inner voice. My inner voice tells me and like to make every decision. Like when I now have big decisions, yeah, of course it's great to go to mentors and you know, of course do research. But at the end of the day, like I'm going to listen to my inner gut and my voice and do what I think is best, you know? And I think really honing into that has been like kind of my key to success and, you know, has kind of kept me going this whole time. Cause again, when things got bad or when I got negative comments or when I have this, you know, when I go through something, you know, a tough couple days or whatever, you know, it's like my voice would always be like, keep going. Nope, this isn't it. You know, this isn't the end. Keep going, get back up and do it. So um, I think that's probably the biggest piece of advice too, is just to really hone into that. And you can do that I, a million things, you know, just like. I, 
love that. I love, love, love that. And I can understand and identify with it because it sounds like, like you, I used to look for the compliments from other people Mm -hmm. to help guide me on what I should be doing. I didn't necessarily ask, am I enjoying this? Because I thought, I guess I'm like, of course I'm enjoying it. But what I'll tell you is key for me is that as somebody who loves to talk on the phone or to be connected to people, I am like such a extrovert. I love to talk to friends and mentors. And so I would go around and I'd ask people's advice. Now, one, I would get oftentimes, you know, different conflicting advice. So then that was hard to wrestle or two, I was so busy talking to others. I wasn't giving myself the time and the space to listen to my gut. Right. Now, can you share with us, like, how did you figure out, like, it sounds silly, how'd you figure out how to listen to your gut? Because I think a lot of people say, oh, just go with with your gut. Like, are there any certain practices that you do when you feel like you need to make a decision on something? Well, you know what's funny? I was thinking about this because I get, you know, that's always the follow-up question. It's like, okay, so how do you find that inner voice, you know? And it's like, I think a, a couple things, I think, it, again, like you were saying, it can work for a different, a couple different ways. You know, like some people like to meditate. Again, like, you know, I, I kind of go, again, I almost kind of listen to my gut. Like, do I feel like meditating today? Sometimes I feel like meditating more than others. So I, again, kind of listen to myself when I need that. You know, some people use yoga. I feel like the biggest thing is just, is listening to it. Like the more you listen to it, the more it's going to be better at guiding you and the better you're going to be able to know when it's really talking to you or maybe it's, you know, these other, you know, forces around you that are giving you that voice. Um, and a lot of it too, I think the biggest for me was taking time in the morning um, to do journaling and to do my gratitude journaling in the morning. Uh-huh. I mean, I think that for me, was the biggest thing I did was really honing that voice and doing free writing. And I would notice these things that came out and like, you know, that was when I really started to be able to find that and then really hone in on it. Now, and again, I, the listeners know I love gratitude. I tap into it and it's just, I, I agree with you. It's so important. Journaling. I get a lot of people that ask me about journaling too. Like, oh, you're a writer. Of course you like to journal. And I will tell people it's not about that. It's like sometimes you got to do a brain dump and you're literally writing lists out just to get all those thoughts that are swirling in your head out there. So I yeah. think I love that these are some of the practices you use because I believe in them too. Mm. Well, I want to turn the table. I was going to say, I think too, like one of the biggest things is people put pressure on like what they need to journal, like what you say, like it needs to be like a perfect journal entry. And some mornings, like I could just write affirmations. I could write the same sentence over and over again, 20 times. You know, it's almost kind of like, again, whatever I feel like I need that morning, you know, or gratitude or write a brain dump or it's a list, you know, whatever it is though, having that, you know, that 15, 20 minutes, whatever, 10 minutes, five minutes, to really listen to that voice and get that out. And that's what I think is the most important of it, you know? Well, and I think the word there, and yogis use it a lot, is practice. I never got that. But yeah. the truth is, like, if you ever played a sport growing up, even if, you know, or you took voice lessons or whatever, you're an artist, you really had to practice. You had to continue to do it. And I think when it comes to these healthy living tools that really can help improve our life is that we have to practice it. We have to keep doing it until it makes a dent in our life. Right. Exactly. 
All right. So here's where I'm so excited. I feel like you and I could talk for hours. I, I want to take a turn slightly because you put yourself out there and you really threw yourself out there on social media. I, I'd love for you to talk a little bit uh, to people that are, you know, the listeners out here, there's so many people that are unemployed or uninspired, you know, employed with a job and overwhelmed. What would be your advice to them in terms of, you know, finding a hobby and trying to do something with it? Whether, you know, it doesn't even have to be social media. I just know that was the outlet you used. Yeah. Well, you know, it's tough. It's, you know, someone always said to me, one of my mentors actually for a while, you know, she always used to say, there's always another way. There's always another way. And I always go back to a book too. It's called Everything's Figure Outable. You know, and obviously we're going to read her Leo. Yeah. I love her book. Yeah, she's the best. Um, and, you know, of course we're in like a crazy world right now. So it's not like, you know, we're the, the times that we're in, it's not like there's a pandemic that happens, you know, every couple months. So it's like, you know, we're in a crazy time. So you also have to give yourself grace, you know, to some degree, but at the other you know, side, it's like, if you, you, this is like the perfect time to figure out what you love to do. And I feel like if anything, this pandemic has put a lot of things in perspective for a lot of people and have been like, yeah. you know, what have you wanted to spend your time doing? Like you've been, you know, we've had this, you know, kind of extra time to really kind of think about what we want to spend our lives doing and, you know, what we want to put energy towards. And, you know, obviously that, you know, that was a big realization for me. And it was a big time for me to be like, all right, now is the time that I can really prove myself. Um, and again, it, you know, it was a kind of a combination too of listening to my inner gut that was telling me like, you can find this other way. You've got to, you know, try social media, do, you know, keep posting, like keep doing it and just doing what made me happy. You know, I, I, I hate to like say that. I think it's, you know, so obvious. It can sound so cliche, but it's like, if you're doing what you love and what makes you happy and you're listening to your inner gut, like you can't go wrong. You can't fail, you know? Well, and what do you say to people that are just afraid to throw themselves out there? Like they, they have the confidence that they, they maybe know what they want to do or that, that they want to try, but they're a little afraid of the naysayers out there, which could be like the mom or dad or the friend that's like, oh, you know, why are you posting Instagram so much? Or yeah. what do you say to that? Well, I still get that to this day. I, I do. Um, yes. And, you know, I always, I saw this quote too once that I was like, it's so true. That's like, no one wants to be seen starting small, but yet everyone does, you know, like you can't just, no one goes on with a million followers and says, we're ready to go. You know, it's like everyone at some point, you know, it was even like Gary V who's like, obviously, you know, like the pro at this. You know, I love he does this one, you know, he he shows his kind of um, series that where he started on YouTube. And like when he he posts like over 300 videos over a couple of years and he would get like 100 views, but he kept going. You know, it's like it you just have the most successful people are the ones that don't give up. You know, it's like there's never an overnight success ever. Like, I know it can be marketed as that and it can look like that on the outside. Yeah. Right, right, right. 
never the case, I feel like. And, you know, again, the happiest, most successful people, I should say. But um, so it's really those that aren't afraid to show up and aren't afraid of looking small and aren't afraid of getting knocked down and keeping at it day after day. And that's why you have to love it so much, because there are going to be times when people are like, are you insane? (laughs) You know, or like there are days when, you know, I am not feeling great or I'm having a rough day, but I still get up because I know it makes me happy and I still do it every single day, you know? So I think you just got to figure out what makes you happy and keep doing it and never give up. And I know, again, it's a cliche statement, but the most successful ones never quit. Right. And I think they find ways to, we use the word pivot a lot this year, but mm-hmm. sometimes when you start out doing, you you use it as a lesson. That is, as an entrepreneur, that has been one of my biggest lessons is learning to look into the lesson. Not yeah. everything I did early on when I was just writing, I would do this you know, feature called like the health and wellness news and information because I thought people wanted to see every day, like what's going on in the world of health and wellness. And so I, I loved it. It made me happy. And so that was a good thing. And it didn't get much traction, but I kept doing it because to your point, it doesn't get much, it, you know, you, you have to keep going, you have to keep going, but sometimes you tweak what you're doing. And once I realized that the return on investment wasn't huge, maybe I could do something else sharing content in a different way that people might be more connected to. I look at all of my experiences here as a lessons, as those call them the small fails, even the big fails. You hear business people all the time talk about, you know, failure taught them so much. And failure is kind of a big word. Like even the hiccups along the way, there's a way to use those as a key learning. But if you love it, if you like it, you know, keep going and explore different avenues. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, like even to this day, I'm still like, I still joke around that I fail every day. You know, it's like, if you're not failing, you know, even currently, like even now I'm still trying to figure out what's my next move. Like, you know, how do I get to the next step? How do I use comedy and singing? You know, like, you know, again, like I started out, you know, again, three years ago thinking I was going to try and make it on Broadway and think I was going to be a singer and I was writing songs And then I was like, you know, tried new things. People like the comedy more. So I started doing more comedy and then I went to TikTok, you know, so it's like you're constantly having to adapt. And that's just kind of the way the world works is just figuring out new ways. You know, if if you've ever read the book, Who Moved My Cheese, you know. Yeah, back in the day I did. Yeah. It's like your cheese is always going to get moved. You know, you just, you know, so it's like a constant adaption and change like the best you know again the best businesses do is figure out you know ways to keep being new and keep finding new exciting things so that just that's kind of like an everyday thing you know I feel like well so tell us as we're moving forward 2021 what is Sam Ramsdale doing now and looking looking into for this year yeah so well, hopefully, um, all going well with, you know, the vaccine and everything. Hopefully, mid-year, maybe, fingers crossed, theaters will start opening back up and some sort of live performing will be able to transpire. So my, actually, my goal of last year in 2020, I had a show that I booked literally, like, right before the lockdown happened, like, in early March. Um, I had a one-woman show that I had written <sighs> on May 1st in New York City, and it was going to be a combination of, you know, comedic monologues with comedic songs that I had written. 
Um, so I had, you know, I had the book from March, May 1st and, you know, of course, you know, it's, it's been <laughs> rescheduled indefinitely. Right. Um, right. The theater that I was supposed to do it on, I don't even know if it's even open anymore. So, um, but the idea, you know, and goal would be to have this one woman show where again, I can use my singing and comedy together, um, and do performing live and do it as a full career, fingers crossed. So well, well I mean, it was on the books. It may look differently for the upcoming months, but I agree with you with the vaccine. I, I hope, hope, hope that we're going to start seeing events open up. It's, it's near and dear to my heart because I started my career in events. I worked for Sesame Street Live as oh, their cool. PR and marketing person. And then I went over to work for arenas. And so I know that business is so near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. And who would have ever thought that concerts, family shows would be on hold and to, you know, in, in Broadway for that matter, yeah. uh, you know, comedy clubs would be on hold to the extent that they are, but yeah. hopefully the, the, the world will be opening up and we'll be able, it might look different than it did before, but I think we all yearn for some really good entertainment. And I know that that's right in your wheelhouse. So I'm sending good vibes for you for that. Oh. Thank you. Yes, I am ready. Oh my God. I, you know, it's like I dream about being in front of a crowd again. So I can't wait. Fingers crossed. Yes. Wow. Vibes. It's that energy that we get from people. And I'm sure you yeah. can do it in front of the camera, but if you get energy from people being mm -hmm. there live with them and playing off them as a, a motivational speaker, I do. I'm, I'm not singing. I'm not telling jokes. Frankly, I always laugh. I'm like, I don't think I'm that funny. But I, I share my story. I share my wellness tips. I sh share whatever it might be to help people take small steps towards better health. And I love, I love to do it like you, like you do through the various platforms that we can, but there is something really beautiful about being there in person and be able to look somebody in the eye and be able to like see them smile or laugh. And, and I yearn for that for later on this year as well. Totally. Yes. Well, I, I am so grateful that you are here today and I am hoping that you would be willing to play what I call the grateful game. Yes, of course. So it sounds like this is both um, in, in our daily regimen of a repertoire or weekly, I should say, but what it is for those that are new to me is it's actually a little game that I started playing with my son a few years ago. And at the time he was nine and he's competitive. And so he would, we would talk about gratitude at night and he would want to have more ideas of what he was grateful for that day than me. And so it was kind of cute and it was funny. But what I realized is we would do it most nights before bed is that both he and I would look throughout the day for things that were positive that happened in our life. Mm -hmm. And and then we'd think about why they meant so much to us. And that really helped us put one foot in front of the other and have a good day, even when the days were a little bit hard. And so that's why I encourage people to try and play the grateful game. And especially the guests here, I figure it's a nice way to end out the podcast. So what I will do is I'll give us each about 45 seconds to talk about what we are grateful for and why. And then whoever has the most ideas will win. <laughs> Truth is, I don't care about winning or losing. It's just, you know, it's how you play. My mother always said, it's how you play the game, Karen. Exactly. So, exactly. All right, here I go. What I am grateful for and why. I will tell you all this talk about your singing and performing reminds me, and a lot of people don't know this, that I actually grew up singing and dancing as well. And 
I remember being in the eighth grade, sitting in front of an old friend of mine from childhood named Mike Grover. And in whatever class this was in, we had to write down what our dream was. And my dream was to sing the national anthem at a Minnesota North Stars game. Again, this dates me a little bit because the Minnesota North Stars are no longer, they now are in Mm -hmm. Dallas. And so Mike kind of laughed at me. He's like, ah, whatever. You know, like he was just being a boy, like whatever, Karen. And fast forward to me in college and I had some friends that played soccer at Miami of Ohio. And so I went to their games and the national anthem was played on tape. So my best friend went up to them and was like, you should have Karen sing, you know, Karen and she sings. And so they're like, all right, I guess it's better than the tape. And I then had my debut singing. I don't know if it's professionally to be singing at a university, but I did sing the national anthem for the, um, for the soccer team at Miami of Ohio. And then I even sang for the Miami of Ohio hockey team, which of course my goal was to sing for the North stars. So it was somewhat close, but fast forward when I worked for the Minnesota Timberwolves, they needed somebody to sing the national anthem, actually the Canadian national anthem. And whoever was supposed to sing that night didn't know it, but I knew it. And so while it wasn't exactly the way I played it out in, in my eighth grade little girl dream, it, I did get to sing the national anthem and, you know, at professionally in front of an audience on that. And so I wished I could call Mike Grover and be like, Mike, come and watch me sing. But you know, years had come past. So, okay. I way exceeded a minute. I love to do this. And that's only one, but I think I'm so grateful for the opportunities that come about when you throw yourself out there. Mm. And I think this is really comes kind of full circle with what we're talking about today, like tapping into something that you loved as a kid. I sometimes now like joke around, like maybe I should use this podcasting little studio and start singing some songs just for the fun of it. Why not? Because, you know, it really, it really fed my soul. So anyway, I'm tossing it over to you. Yes. Oh my God. Such a loaded question. Cause again, I feel like I have so much to be grateful for right now, but, um, kind of in the same realm that you were just kind of talking about, you know, I am so grateful that I did never give up. And, you know, I, I actually just was talking about this the other day that I was kind of doing a look back on this moment that I had back in, you know, it was probably like end of April. And, you know, I was just, having a mental breakdown because I was like, you know, this was really when the pandemic was like full on and, you know, we knew it was not going to come, you know, we were not going to get back out of this for a while. And I was like, I feel like I should just give up, you know, like, what is the point? You know, again, now I'm, you know, I'm 30, you know, and it's like, I'm trying to be a, you know, I haven't even made it yet. And my career's over, you know, I just like, you know, what am I supposed to do? And I'm so glad I found another way to do it. And I'm so grateful that I didn't give up and that I kept going and, you know, that I have come back to what has made me so happy growing up because I just, you know, there were so many people that told me I've, I'm absolutely insane. So um, it feels really good to kind of prove some people wrong and to finally be doing, you know, what my 16, 17 year old self dreamed of doing. So I am very grateful for that. All right. So we tied. And I, I mean, I love listening to your story because I think it can be relatable for so many people. If you have the opportunity, wherever you are in life right now, to make that big change and go a different career direction, then 
that's that's great. Or if you're just stuck and you're unemployed and you need something to do to get you out of the rut. I love how you're talking about like tapping into what you love or what you loved as a kid to explore, explore it again and see where it can take you. If nothing else, like it doesn't even have to be this side hustle. It really can be a healthy way to cope with whatever is going on in your life. And I think that's what I love so much is in listening to your story. I mean, all things considered, I, I don't love that you went through the hardship and the stress and the weight gain and the depression. I mean, no one wants that. Uh, but listen, that's life. And we all go through some sort of hardship. And when you decided that you were going to take steps, you know, even small steps, I mean, you, you took a lot of them and they were, they were big ones, but to people out there, what, wherever you are, I mean, in life, you have the opportunity to try and do something to make your life better. And is it going to solve all the problems? Well, no, I, I can't guarantee that it's going to, but is it whatever that it is for you? Is it going to help put a smile on your face? Is it going to help you feel a little bit of joy during that stressful journey that you're on and then get you to a place that really brings you true happiness? Right. And and that is, to me, that is so key. So thank you so much, Sam, for being here today. Can you please tell the listeners where they can find you? Of course, it's all going to be in the show notes as well. So if you don't have a pen um, or a piece of paper nearby, let us know where you are and I'll include it in the show notes too. Of course. Yes. So on all social media platforms, pretty much it's Sam Ramsdell five. Um, of course my biggest platforms right now are TikTok and Instagram. So if you're on TikTok and the gram, make <laughs> sure if you haven't seen my big mouth across your for you page yet. <laughs> Hilarious. There. <laughs> Well, again, I'm giving you a big virtual hug. I love that I met you on the gram, but you live a few towns away. I love when we find those small connections in life and definitely with us. And I am so thankful that you are here today. I appreciate it. And everybody out there, please follow her and reach out to me if you have any, any additional questions or even her as well on her social media. We are hoping that you have enjoyed this conversation and hopefully it'll bring you a little bit of inspiration just to take some small steps to help you find a little bit of joy in your day. So again, thanks for listening, everyone, and bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first a request. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And tell your friends about us too. If you love us, they might as well. And now, my parting words. We play the grateful game at the end of each episode, and here is why. After my second diagnosis, I started to research who was thriving with cancer and what they were doing to be well. I learned that wellness is about consistent self-care, creating everyday practices that help improve your body and mind toward a state of good health. And for me, focusing on gratitude brings tremendous positive energy into my life. Sam and I covered a number of areas and mentioned a few of our favorite books. Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson and Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo or just a few. Now, if you're feeling uninspired, I encourage you to check out the list of inspirational books in the show notes or at prettywellness.com. Oftentimes, taking a moment for yourself and reading a thought-provoking book 
can help you put one foot in front of the other, even if you don't know what you want or where to begin. Thanks again for joining us today. I am sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.